Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am your host. The quote that I came up with today is anonymous, and it is behind every scar is an untold story of survival. Our special guest today is Kelly Kalin. She is a certified life, spiritual, and energetic coach, serving people in major life transitions, often working with those dealing with the loneliness, grief, and shock of losing a loved one to suicide. A suicide loss survivor herself, she powerfully supports her clients through new levels of awareness, love, and spirituality. I am very honored to bring Kelly on today. Hello, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Heather. I am doing wonderfully. Thank you so much for having me here today. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. I, I look forward to you sharing your story. Now, you know, I'm going to dive into a rough one, but do you have a mission? Like, is do you know what your mission is or is that too deep to start with? I don't think so. It jumps right into you know, why I'm doing my mission. Um, My mission truly is to shift the world from a place of not love to love. Mm -hmm. And I think we can all agree if we look out at the world that we don't run on love. And I, by love, I mean, unconditional love. Conditional love is not love. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what I look out. I see the world and I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong here. And we can talk about that in just a little bit as well. You know, I think that that is, it's so important to find what's missing and, and, and allow the gifts that you have to fill a need, to share something bigger than yourself. I know you have a great quote that you, from you. Can I share it here? Yes, please. Sure. Instead of being in love with ourselves, we are in not love for ourselves. That's why the world looks like it does. I choose love. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, Sure. Uh, So part of my journey included, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about that in just a moment and we'll elaborate on that, included a meditation where I was told that I do not love myself. And at first I was a little confused. I was like, huh? Wait, wait, what? And as I thought about it and sat with that, I realized it was correct. And so I was like, okay, so what happened? Where did it go? When did I lose that? Well, I actually never lost it. And I don't think any of us have lost it. I actually think as small children, we metaphorically put it in a box, stick it behind a door, shut the door and forget the door is even there. And so we don't really realize how we are walking through the world, going through the world. We think we are okay. We think we are in love with ourselves and with other people. And we actually really don't get to that level. We are in a conditional love kind of a world. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. And, you know, divorced is a really great uh, example of conditional love. If you think about it, what are the conditions that create you to fall out of love with somebody? If you fall out of love with somebody, that love was never real. Mm. It was conditional. And so that's, that's the thing, you know, um, that's the thing I really want to help people shift. It is a very movable foundation. It's like being in quicksand or on the sand in the ocean. It moves. And a good foundation is something you can stand on both legs, hands on the hips, declaring to the world who you are and what you are. And it doesn't move. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of really that's a lot of my mission is to help people realize, I mean, the awareness is first. If we can realize that we're walking through the world like this, then we can do something about it. If we're not even aware of it, then there's nothing we're going to do. So that's a lot of how I support my clients. You know, this is incredibly important. I talk about awareness a lot because I talk about beliefs and uh, we're often not aware of the beliefs that guide our decisions and our actions. And that's a little bit of what you're alluding to here as well. And I run into so many people who are lacking that self-love and especially the unconditional part of it. So I think your mission is incredibly important. What, what inspired you to support people and trans, transition to, I guess we'll say transform their lives, because that's what you do to help them, don't you? Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, let's step into why, my why here. So when I was 18, I lost my mother to suicide. It is the most shattering experience I don't know of anything else that a, that kind of exists in the world that shatters you quite like this. Uh, you can only imagine losing a child. Can you imagine losing a child to suicide? Can you imagine losing a parent or a brother or sister or somebody you're very close to? What happens, a lot of what happens is that we we, we communicate, but we don't connect. And when we don't connect, we're not really being real with each other. And what I found with my mother is that I had communication with her and I had connection, I think, with her, but I don't think she really had it with me. And when she left, she left me holding the shattered remains of a relationship I thought I had but I don't think I really did. There was, there's no way to reconcile this relationship when they leave. Mm -hmm. And when they leave in a way of suicide, it's, it's a, it's a huge betrayal both to them and to everybody around them. And, and I don't usually use the world betray word betrayal around suicide. However, that's what it feels like. And it's very hard to reconcile because it's somebody that you love so very much, usually unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And then this, this, this thing happens and your entire relationship just blows up. 
and you don't know what you're holding. You don't, you, it's like, what do I do with this relationship that I thought I had that I guess I just didn't. And there's mm. no answers. There's nobody answer why. There's nobody to answer any question that you have. That person is gone. And in a very dramatic and a very, um, I guess I, the word just just shattering way. I, I, you know, the frustration and the shock and the anxiety and the fear and powerlessness, hopelessness, you know, disbelief, uh, all of this. I mean, it, and you get all of these and probably a lot more emotions all wrapped up around this and taking this, you know, moving into um, recovery from this. I, I was a freshman in college. It was my second semester and is back in the eighties. They didn't really know what to do with that. It was, it, it's still extremely stigmatized. It was even more so then. Mm -hmm. So there really wasn't a place to go for me to talk to people. And of course, friends don't want to talk to you about it. They kind of want to ignore that it even happened. Um, and so they, they do, they don't talk to you much. They don't know what to say. Um, and you start losing people. And that's one of the big things about suicide is, you know, don't leave your people, don't leave your friends, uh, mm. say something wrong rather than leave. I would rather say, you know, that, that really hurt me. And I would really rather you say it another way or something like that. I would rather have that conversation than have no conversation at all. And so as you start recovering from this, um, well, let me, let me take a step back first. When, when someone, when you lose someone to suicide, it feels, at least it felt to me, like every foundation that I had built was gone and I'm just holding something, I'm holding shattered remains of my life is what it felt like. And I didn't know how to put it back together. I really didn't. Uh, you reel for a while. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it takes a while. It took me a while to get to a point where I just decided I was going to live again. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, and I don't mean live or die, I mean, live my life again. Oh, um, there, yeah. there, there are those choices. Uh, when I decided I, I was going to live again, that's when I actually was able to start recovering. And so um, that, that is, that's kind of how I got into my mission, how I got into the support of people going through this. As I recovered, I would talk to people about it. They would, you know, there's, you run into people, at least I have run into people who've had this experience with someone in their life. And we talk. And I've been able to support people with different perceptions and experiences and, and my experience. Um, one of the things that I had was actually feeling, sensing my mom as she passed. Cool. Um, and so one of the things that I've been able to offer people in a different perception is what one of the things that I could could see and feel was that she could not 
see past the pain. Mm -hmm. There was nothing beyond that. It was just like this gray matter around her, which she couldn't see through like a really dense gray fog. And she couldn't sense or see anything on the other side of that. She didn't see me. She didn't know me from there. She couldn't. And so when someone is that deep in depression and hopelessness and anguish, their powerlessness, and they feel very lonely, very alone, they, they really can't sense, they don't see the people around them. They feel utterly alone. And so that's something that I've been really able to support people with is just some different perceptions as I've experienced and as I've moved along in my own path to healing to support others in the process as they're going through it. And that's really um, how my mission got started. It it just was a converse, uh, conversations over and over and over with other people what they were going through and the, the shift in perception that I could help them with that helps them heal. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that must be based upon what you're talking about with this feeling of aloneness, these questions that you have, and then the external perspective and actions of people wanting to give you space, or it feels like they're leaving you, that the biggest thing that you need in that moment is that connection, is that conversation, not the feeling of aloneness, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, this all draws back straight to the unconditional love. There, mm -hmm. There's like direct lines to unconditional love. I usually just say love because uh, conditional love isn't love. So uh, I'm yeah. going to step to love now. So there's straight lines from all of this back to having love for ourselves yeah. and not betraying ourselves in ways where we where we go against ourselves and you know, we do this all the time we don't think a whole lot about it and uh just like a very mild example is i'm going to start my exercise or my diet program tomorrow and then don't mm -hmm. and so that's just one way of you know of not um being true to who you are yeah so you help people reconnect and become more true and follow through on those actions of returning to love and taking those actions that are associated with, with that. Uh, right? Yes, absolutely. The connection, there's two places of connection that we don't really, we don't really connect. Generally speaking, we do not really connect with ourselves. We cut all kinds of pieces off from ourselves living mm -hmm. from the neck up. That's, you know, an example um, doing, you know, putting anything into our body and not treating our body like the beautiful being that it is. So the connecting with ourselves is the first piece. And we, I don't know why, I, I mean, I guess I do, but I, I don't really um, uh, appreciate the fact that we've become so disconnected with ourselves. And mm -hmm. then with the God of our, our understanding, whatever that is, uh, being unconnected from infinite intelligence is 
very, very destructive. It leads to all kinds of things like judgment, which is, in my opinion, one of the most catastrophically destructive forces we have. Mm -hmm. And so it's the connection in those two places with ourself and with our higher powers, you know, with our infinite intelligence, our God of our understanding. So let's say that you, uh, a listener is feeling shut off from themselves or from that higher power, do you have any tips on how they can reopen those channels of connection? Absolutely. Uh, Meditation's probably one of the best. Exercise is another one. And the reason exercise works so well is it tends to shut our mind off a little bit. We have these, you know, crazy monkey minds, which Mm -hmm. is, is basically our energy dispersed in so many different directions we can't focus yeah and so yes uh that um i'm sorry i i I know you're you're right no you're right on is that those are two that i certainly would recommend so i the exercise and the meditation is a way to connect ourselves now i know that you also spend time helping people with taking personal responsibility how does that fit into your work it's the getting to know yourself again, the connecting with yourself again. Mm-hmm. It, truly, it you know what is good for you, what works for you, what serves you, mm-hmm. and we do the opposite all the time. And so it's about stepping back into what's one thing that you can do today that you know you need for you. Mm-hmm. What could you do today? And it can be something that takes one minute. If it's one minute of closing your eyes and just connecting with your heart, just focus on your heart and see if you can connect with it. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do that, generally speaking. And so that's like something that's like five minutes. Set your alarm for five minutes. See, and I, I literally look down at my heart, look down at my chest mm-hmm. and see if I can connect with my heart. Um, that's one, that's a really lovely thing you can do, but it really just comes down to what serves you. And you know that by how it feels, if it feels good, you're serving yourself. If it doesn't, you're not. Yeah. And I don't say this in an arrogant way. I'm not saying this in a narcissistic way, because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in a way that honors you. Right. We don't do that. No, we don't. And that's why it's, you have to take responsibility for it because no one's out there going to tell you that you have to do this. It's your responsibility to reconnect, to find those things that fill you. Yes, your choice. Yes, it is choice. Now, I happen to know quite a few people who are from the outside perspective, very, very successful, but they still, they feel something's missing, maybe they're unfulfilled or unloved. And what do you think about that dichotomy? And, and how do you help people through that? So that to me is the the love that we've set aside uh, for ourselves when we were small children, this is usually when it happens, putting it behind that door creates that hole in our heart. And we do everything to try and fill that, don't we? I mean, we, you know, I, I can we try to be successful, we drink, we do drugs, we do all kinds of things. We over-exercise, under-exercise, eat, don't eat, 
it's, it's all these things. And we're trying to fill that hole with something from a 3D perspective, from this earth perspective. It's never going to be filled that way, ever. It's going to be filled by walking back, finding out where you left your love for yourself because you left it behind somewhere and finding that and reintegrating that back into your life. And that goes choice by choice, day by day. And that's really what it's about. The conscious decision to keep moving forward with that as a focus. I love that. I think that is mm-hmm. incredibly important work. Do you think that society supports living a life of love or no? No, it really doesn't. Um, I think that we all crave it. We absolutely crave Mm -hmm. that love. And yet we've been so conditioned out of it. We don't know which way to turn. Like I said, we've forgotten that the door is even there. Mm And so, yes, we're absolutely conditioned out of it. We are taught to look outside of ourselves for satisfaction, to fill that hole. You know, um, yeah, everything is outside of us. And so we're, we're not taught to really pay attention to our feelings. Uh, this is something that, that people who have lost someone to suicide or anybody who's going through grief gets you, we aren't taught to grieve. We certainly aren't taught to be accepting of someone who is grieving. We don't even know what to say. Yeah. I think there's a little something wrong going on here. Um, actually, I think there's a lot something wrong going on here. Yes. And this is what I've, I've tipped it back to. And, um, and if I might, I'd like to make a very strong um, example of that. Sure. Our kids ages 10 to 24, in 2018, the second leading cause of death was suicide. These are our babies. They don't even have their full brain created yet. You know, it's about mid-20s that our, our brain is fully formed. And these are our babies. And the statistics go back to five years old. That, to me, is absolutely frigging alarming. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's something wrong. Now let's move forward into COVID. They're estimating the suicide rates have gone up anywhere from a hundred to 300%, which would put our babies into the category of the number one reason for their death. Think about this. It's the number one reason for death for our 10 to 24 year olds is likely suicide right now. Something is very, very wrong. And it comes back to the love and it comes back to the connection. And I'm just, this is something that I know in every cell of my body, which is why I do this. So I agree with you and it is devastating. What can we, the listeners here, you and I, what can we do? What actions can we take either as someone who is supporting someone who is recovering from that kind of trauma or, or connecting to someone who is suffering right now, what can we do? What do you recommend? Well, you said the word connect. We mm. communicate through all kinds of ways. We, all these screens that we have, all these devices that we have, we communicate a lot 
but we're really not connecting. And we have to connect with ourselves first before we can connect with someone else. I, something I say all the time, if you don't have it for yourself, you cannot give it. Yeah. If you, you know, an, an apple will never give orange juice. It can't, it's not there to give. And it's mm -hmm. the same with humans. So the first thing that I recommend, and you can always try to connect, you can, I mean, there's, there's no reason you can't work that with someone you know is hurting. I would go sit with them that I've, I've sat with people before no words were spoken, just sat, just was there with them. And that's a connection that most people have a very difficult time with the silence is hard. You know? And so the first thing I would say is do whatever you can to connect with someone who is grieving and going through something like this. I promise you, they just want to talk. They just want to be with someone. They want to feel heard and they want to feel loved. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way you can do it. If you could just go sit with them, just let them talk, listen, don't offer advice unless they ask for advice. They mostly just need to be heard. Yeah. And so that's one thing I would do. The second thing uh, I would do is meditate because you need to connect with yourself and meditation is probably the most rapid way we can do something like that. If, you know, long distance runners do kind of the same thing when they run, they kind of get into a meditation and a lot of exercises and things like that support that same type of a mind shift. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I recommend exercise as well. Just movement. I mean, walk, <coughs> get outside and walk. Mm -hmm. And so that's really um, the most thing that's what I would recommend first is figure out how to reconnect with yourself. And that's hard to do. People are scared to look inside themselves. They think they're going to find some wretch. I did. And let me tell you something. That's not what's there. There is beauty beyond what you think is possible there. So that's the direction I would send people connect with yourself and really do talk with people who, you know, are hurting and just be there with them, support them, know that, let them know that, that they're cared about. You know, it, it, it sounds so simple, but it's one of the more difficult things to do to be quiet with someone, to be quiet with yourself. But I found that in, in my own journey with meditation, with moving meditations, with deeper connections with others, that, that once you start doing it, it not only gets easier, but gets more fulfilling. Um, it has more texture to it. And it is one of the most worthwhile things that you can do. So I love your suggestions here. You know, I'm certain that our listeners are connecting with you right now and will want to connect with you further. Can you share um, your website or how they might get a hold of you? And I believe you have a gift for us too, don't you? Uh, absolutely. So my website is kellykalen.com. Mm -hmm. And the, the gift that I'm going to send you to, which is at fire.thesunstillshines.org, mm. is for a meditation. Uh, it is a meditation. I, it's a grounding meditation. I say it's for sensitives, and we're all sensitive, a lot more sensitive than, than we realize. 
And what this grounding meditation does is it helps release any energy that you're holding in your field that doesn't belong to you. And you're going to be surprised. It is something that when I found it, I was so surprised that I had been drawing in other people's energies and wasn't able to stabilize my own internal world because of it. And so this is something that I think is highly valuable and that it, it will allow you to it become, start becoming familiar with your own energy. Mm-hmm. And it's only about 10 minutes long. And it's simple and you do it a few times and you'll be able to do it without actually listening to it. If you want, uh, I like the listening to it cause then I don't have to think through it. And that's what it really does for you. It really helps you. It helps you become familiar with your own energy. And that's, that is a start. It's an awareness tool. And so that's why I offer it. And I highly recommend it, whether you, whether you come and hang out with me for any extended time or not, I really, really want you to have this meditation for you. Kelly, I can't tell you how excited I am to go check out this meditation. So I'm an empath and you don't have to be an empath to, to benefit from this. Everyone will benefit from this, but empaths in particular take on, uh, unless they're very careful, take on the energy, um, very, very easily of, of other people. And so this is something I've been striving to be better at and to learn how to um, still serve people without absorbing all of their energy. So I am very excited to, to take part in this tool that you have. I'm sure it will be incredibly helpful. And um, for those of you out there who are listening, I will make sure that we add these links to the show notes to make it nice and easy for you to go and take advantage of connecting with Kelly or this gift that she has for us. It's been a gift having you on here today, Kelly. Thank you so much. Oh, it's an honor and a privilege, Heather. Thank you for allowing me to talk to your audiences. I appreciate it. And everyone out there, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to share it with a friend, especially, well, you know, I share with all of your friends, but if you know that someone out there is struggling right now, reach out, make that connection, share something like this, share a moment of your energy with them. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you all. Have a beautiful day.